Magandang araw kabayan, welcome to Today with Tata Eko. Samahan niyo ako sa ilang minutong balitaktakan at pakikipanayam sa mga katulad nating migrante mula sa iba't ibang panig ng mundo. Samahan niyo akong hanapin ang mabuti sa isang mundong balot ng pag-aalinlangan at hamon ng buhay sa pamamagitan ng paglalahad ng mga karanasan ng mga kapwa natin OFWs. There is goodness in this world that needs to be unraveled and we just need to look at the right places. Join us as we meet regular people like you and me who are trying to find their place in this world and see goodness beyond the challenges of daily life as migrant workers scattered all over the globe. Ako si Tatay Eko at ito ang Today with Tatay Eko. Magandang araw mga kabayan and let us welcome our guest for today's podcast. He has over two decades of broadcast media work experience and over 10 years in the education industry. And since 2015, he has shifted his direction towards teaching learners design thinking, critical reasoning and analysis, persuasion, communicating for professional effectiveness, social media, local and overseas social innovation and broadcast journalism, to name a few. Formerly based in Manila, his move to Colombo in Sri Lanka in 1995 got posted in Dubai in the UAE in 2002, and has established his media and education career in Singapore from the 90s until today. Friends, please help me to welcome Mr. Mario Laharka. Hi, Mario. Hello, Echo and uh, the listeners and the audience of this uh, program. Thanks for having me. Hi, thank you very much, Mario, for saying yes. <laughs> I know it's a, yeah, it's a busy period. All right, so let's go straight to the point. Let's start yes. with our questions. So, my first question to you okay. is, how did you OFW and what pushed you to seek opportunities overseas? There's a lot of opportunities back then. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was already uh, writing music for different recording companies uh, and artists. I was in the band. I was uh, doing jingles in Manila, uh, doing advertising and radio work. And then uh, and then DJ for, uh, for a station in Sri Lanka. And I thought, okay, well, why not do that? I was uh, doing uh, radio work for Kiss Jazz 1011, now called the Yes FM, uh, or Yes 1011 in Manila. Then, uh, you know, I, I took the chance, and uh, about two weeks or less, I, I flew to, to Sri Lanka and started uh, my radio career in Sri Lanka, or continued my radio career from Manila to Sri Lanka. Wow. <laughs> that was quite far. <laughs> so would, yeah. you, would you be able to describe to us your first year overseas as a migrant worker? Man, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I did not plan to go uh, overseas. There's a bit of a drama in there. My house got burned back in 1993. So, uh, uh, yeah, it got burned. Dude, like really ash burn. You know, there was a, uh, an arson from my, from my uh, town. Uh, basically, this man burned the house of, I think, his relatives, uh, which is a music factory uh, in front of my house. It affected about 15 communities. I really had no plans to, to, to go overseas. And, uh, you know, uh, I was working in, in a... Uh, at a radio station and uh, at that time this particular uh, opportunity came knocking and uh, because we need to you know quickly do things at home opportunity came knocking so i said sure why not um it was it was not an easy thing to do because you know I, i've been establishing myself as a producer a music artist at the same time uh, and then i have to leave everything behind you know um so when i started writing songs during during the 90s uh, all of my songs basically got published almost um, just before I left Manila. So all of the songs I've written for, for the artists, the 
wrote for got published or went on broadcast when I already left. Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was surreal and weird at the same time. <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Do you think yeah. you needed to get out of the Philippines to grow more as an artist, as a professional? To be honest, no, I don't think so. I mean, uh, if, if it was not for the immediacy or for the urgency of, of uh, you know, um, fixing the house and helping mom, because mom was also in and out of hospital and the clinic, I think I would, I would have not gone. I had no plans to go overseas at all, and then uh, this came nothing. Otherwise, I would have just been in the industry uh, and uh, continued working. And I don't know, maybe I would have uh, advanced to the film industry if, if I overseas. How did how did you adjust to the cultural differences? Starting with Sri Lanka, then you were in Dubai, then you were in Singapore. Right, Sri Lanka was a bit weird at first because you know I was just uh, barely twenty three, twenty four, about there when I when I left Manila. Um, you know, at that time there was like a semi civil war going on in Sri Lanka. You know, Tamil Tigers, whatnot. Oh, no. um, so it it came to that point where. Um, you, you know, uh, I'm in the middle. I'm, I'm like, I'm the only Asian in a bus stop, basically. And when, you, when you're the only, so to speak, Asian with this kind of look, sometimes they refer to me as mongoloid because I, they, oh, I look no. different from everybody. Oh, I'm, wow. not, I'm not, I'm there are some people, uh, when you, when you walk with a bus stop, some people would really like stare. I, I remember having this uh, scenario where one teenage boy was basically trying to touch me from afar like, he, like he's seen an, an extraterrestrial uh, to try to reach out to me because he's like he couldn't believe that I exist. Wow. Right. Um, and, and, uh, and you know, it's the, the, the other part is we, we uh, as much as we think we're a bit more laid back or a bit more low tech in, uh, in Manila or in the Philippines, when you go to Sri Lanka, they, are there, they still have buses where uh, when you sit down, you just sit down, and in the middle is where you put the bags or the suitcases. If 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 the if the bus is packed, you have to like really bend down in order for you to be able to get your two hour ride or one hour ride from point A to point wow. B. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember this JD Transit back in the eighties? Oh yes, the I wooden do. buses. Yes, I something, do. Something, but something like that. But there's uh, like an, an island in the middle of the bus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. This, uh, but it was, you know, it, it was different. Um, and also people see you as, because you're a, uh, because you're a, uh, a foreign talent, uh, people see you differently in that sense. Uh, they know that somehow in one way or you're better than them, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, a good thing because you know that you are in a better standing because you are an expat. Bad thing is because sometimes they're, they're sour about it and like, why are you being paid better than me when I'm from here? I think that happens in many places, especially if you are, uh, so to speak, a, uh, an expat or uh, an import, you know, in, in that sense. Yeah, so that's basically one of those. Of course, food is another adjustment because, you know, the chilies in Sri Lanka, I don't know, two times, three times uh, hotter than the, the, the spice in Singapore, you know. It's, oh, uh, it's, wow. Yeah, really, um, I didn't get to use it, even though I lived there for two years, I did not really adjust well with the food, but... I tried. I tried. Yeah. So that's my, that was my training. And you know, as a as a as a Pinoy, when it comes to spicy food or hot and spicy food, I think our ante for for spice is different from uh, from the other people. And well, if you compare from then to now, I, I probably have the highest tolerance of chilies right now with my whole family. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's just a different mindset. Of, 
So again, also behaviors are also different. So for example, we have about 46 days of holidays in Sri Lanka, 46 days. So people are really laid back in many ways. That's, a lot that's not holidays. bad. But the bad thing about that, yeah, yeah. The bad thing about that when it comes to work, people tend to like really want to embrace their holidays and more. So the mindset about like, you know, this is my holidays, my right, sometimes uh, gets in the way. Religion and beliefs also gets in the way. So for example, uh, people would like to take a holiday at the time of their work. So that kind of like mindset and behavior is also there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in many countries, like even in the US or, or other parts, maybe even in Singapore, I think the racism could be either shallow or so, so high. But in Sri Lanka, it's very straightforward. It's either your Sinhalese or Tamil or otherwise others, you know. So Mm-mm. straightforward, uh, the, the division between the races is, is very much high. What was your average day like in Sri Lanka and now in Singapore? I, I mean, in terms of like work, uh, in terms of like well, your, your daily well, life. So I was a chief announcer back then and I do double up with production. So you know how, how it means by production. There's really no time. We start very early and I end sometimes the very next I typically work seven days a week. Uh, wow. The weird part about in the middle of a date, I'm talking about real romantic dating, I get pulled out because somebody was absent and because I'm in charge of the roster and I'm the chief announcer. In the end, my driver would pick me up and I had to like go on board uh, in the next couple of minutes. You know, I remember my driver took me to a three-hour ride. He was able to take it for 45 minutes just to bring me to the station because somebody <laughs> was... It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. He was he was able to do like night rider, come something I don't know what happened how how he did it I mean the three hour ride to a forty five minute ride he was able to do it you know <laughs> we're now using like eighties nineties references I, th- I I I hope the kids can actually catch up <laughs> yeah well, you know, imagine imagine the fastest car you could ever think you know my my driver did that <laughs> really fast the yeah three hour to a forty five yeah, minute yeah. was pretty. Yeah. What, what would you consider a good day or a bad day? Good day is when I think I'm with my friends and we're able to go by the beach because I live near the, near the sea. Um, my, my, my radio station studio slash workplace is about an hour away from my, from my home. And the beach is just probably about 15 minutes ride or maybe five minute drive from where I am. And, uh, it's a really good day. Uh, I'm, I'm, the expat community in Sri Lanka is, uh, well, as much as big as it should be, it's actually more unified than in Singapore or other places perhaps. So we go to the usual places like the Hilton Hotel or Ramada Hotel. You don't have to be rich to be recognized or whatnot. Uh, seems like everybody knows everybody. So the, the extension of uh, parties and gatherings are almost extended to you. As long as you're not an asshole, you're okay. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was good. It, it, that's a bad. That's that's a good day. Um, I'm able to uh, go out with people from uh, Switzerland, uh, Australia, um, the UK. Most of my European friends, uh, the 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 Filipino community is also quite united. Almost everybody knows everybody, which can be good and bad at the same time. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's a good day. You know, we have a lot of parties and eating. We get invited in Sri Lanka. You get free free clothes because most of the Filipino. Uh, I think Sri Lanka is probably the only country in the whole world where there are no Filipino domestic helpers. Mm-hmm. Everyone you know in Sri Lanka is either a manager, a supervisor, or an executive. So that's the that's the good part. So everybody somehow they look up to us in that way because uh, when you talk about next guest device. 
uh, you know, all of the some some of the branded stuff, even Warner Brothers, are actually produced in Sri Lanka. So I get free jackets, I get free branded stuff coming from friends. Basically, you help them to uh, stack up a couple of things. You get home with like uh, free jumpers, you know, free sweaters, <laughs> sometimes even free underwears. Sometimes even free underwears. I kid you not. <laughs> so, so I have a lot. I, I, I had a lot of clothes. I had a lot of clothes um, in Sri Lanka for free. Though when I left, I had to give like half of them or more. Uh, to my domestic helper uh so because the, the life is as such yeah but it was it was fun in that way bad days could be you know um when uh when people don't want to report to work and then you have to fill it in that's yeah. basically one day that's how i would define a bad day when people don't turn up for work and then you have to fill up for them and uh, you get into some sort of like arguments or in some sort of like uh, conflict with them because they just don't want to work. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. That's, that's part of the uh, culture shock that I couldn't understand it when I was there as a, as a young person. Or maybe I'm a bit more angsty when I was younger. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but but th- that part is, a, it's a mindset. It's a mindset, yeah. So, palagay mo, ano yung pinakamalaking challenge na kinaharap mo sa buong karanasan mo bilang a migrant worker? Uh, well, adjusting to uh, maybe uh, I would say I cannot say it's, it's big. Adjusting to the culture is one. Adjusting the, to the culture really is a, is a big challenge. Um, mannerisms, habits, humility, uh, connection. You know, sometimes even in Singapore, uh, I, I feel that uh, maybe because it's, it's a different culture altogether in terms of like how do you. Um, get to know somebody where I think uh, in general Filipinos tend to be more uh, open and easy to associate with you can simply smile at somebody and nobody will say no to you you know I, I think yeah, yeah. It, it, in, in the many countries you don't get to do that somehow um, it's not easy to just spark a conversation I remember uh, if, you, if you go to America it's just so easy to talk to people in fact even if you don't talk to them they will talk to you you know, <laughs> sometimes I, I feel that they just won't talk to you. Sometimes they will even argue with you, even if you don't know them. I think oh, we don't no. do that in the Philippines. I, I don't think we don't do that in the Philippines. So that's so that kind of culture. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the, I think communication is is one part. Food is I think secondary because to me, um, I, I've learned how to adjust with food. I I I have accepted from the very beginning that it's not gonna be the same food as I have. So what I did was. Um, I called my mom, my sister, asked them about recipe. I spent a lot of money basically calling them for recipes, especially during Christmas time and special <laughs> holidays. That's how I survived. That's how I survived, <laughs> technically. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Mario, what keeps you doing what you do? What keeps me doing? I mean, the motivations in many ways. So, for example, right now, I'm not really... Uh, I'm not really money-oriented. When I say I'm not really money-oriented, I, I do what I do because I like what I'm doing. And for example, whether it's production or music or teaching, I like what I do. Do I love the company that I work for? That's, a, that's another thing to, to ask for. Uh, I think it's tough to say that you love your job. You, you might not love the company. That's a different thing altogether. In every company that you go for, I would say you love what you're doing. And, and, and sometimes um, you, you get into a position where... Do you love what you do or do you do it because you love the company? So I, I would rather stick to I love what I do because, you know, companies do change. You might change your workplace. 
uh, when I write songs for, for artists, it's not because I love the record labels. I love writing songs and whether they will like it or not, it's another thing. So even if they reject my work, I would still keep the demo and I, I would probably pass it to another artist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to basically have the chance to be able to do creative work for different people, uh, things that got broadcast in different places, uh, including my kids. So I had the opportunity to record my kids and send them to Egypt, um, Dubai, maybe uh, South Africa, among other things, because they needed some children's voices. And we produced it at home. So I, I thought that's a good opportunity. So I, I would say it's, it's, it's a blessing to, to have that. So motivations is a very, very important part of what we do. Why are you doing what you're doing? Do you want to be popular? Do you, are you doing it because you love, uh, you know, you're doing it for the family? You know, is it a satisfaction that makes you uh, satisfy your cravings for creative work? So to me, that's why, why, why I'm doing what I'm doing. What lessons have you learned along the way? So there's so many lessons. Uh, I try my best not to burn bridges. That's number one. Um, I think this is probably the toughest lesson to ever learn. I remember having an argument and a little bit of conflict with another uh, personality years ago in Manila. And actually, this guy actually challenged me to a fist fight. I was laughing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing because I never thought he would do that. So we were, in this, we were inside the studio. He was like trying to chase me to, to pick a fight with me. I was laughing, really. But he was serious. Um, but, you know, I never really burned bridges. But as I explained to him what really happened, uh, I was late for board work. And I said, I need to collect my passport. And I told the boss. But the boss didn't tell him. So it wasn't my fault. So anyway, um, I kept my cool. Uh, fast forward maybe about more than 10 years after that, this guy actually gave me quite a couple of work that, uh, you know, I would say uh, he gave me a lot of money in that sense to be able to do his work. Uh, had I not... Uh, sustained uh, being cool I might not have gotten that work so because even though we had some sort of conflict professionally he still gave me a lot of work I think I did maybe four or five shows for him as an MC Mm-hmm. And we're still not really, I say we're acquaintances. I don't consider him as a close friend, but you know, that particular part of being able to keep your cool and being able to work with somebody who challenged you to a fist fight, I thought that was nice. <laughs> I thought it was awesome, you know. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I, just told, I just told my wife, you know, this particular person challenged me to a fist fight, actually gave me a couple of shows, you know, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's the toughest uh, challenge uh, or lesson that I've learned. Never burn bridges as much as possible. I'm not mm. saying I've not burned bridges. I'm not a perfect person. But uh, this is one lesson that as much as possible not to, because you wouldn't know how you would in the near future, a conflict, argument, or whatnot. Don't take it too personally as much as possible. You know, if, you can, if you can help it, try as much as possible not to burn bridges because you, know, um, you might not know what you might need in, in the near future. That's true. That's true. Sa palagay mo ba, Mario, yung pagiging migrante ay para sa lahat? Ah, that's a very tough question to answer. Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I was a migrant and then I converted. I, I, I gave up my citizenship because uh, my, my whole family are all from, uh, from Singapore. Um, you know, it's, it's a choice that you have to make. Does your does your heart change? For example, I, I gave up my citizenship. I converted to uh, to local citizenship where I am. Um, you know what? I I would like to believe I'm serving both countries, the Philippines and, and, and Singapore, in many ways right now. You know, I I consider myself to be a global citizen in that sense. You know, because I've traveled many places. 
So if, if somebody would call me like, so where do you, where does your loyalty belong to? I'd say where, where I am right now, that's where my loyalty is. If another country needs my help, I'll be there too because uh, I, I don't consider myself to just be belonging to one country. I mean, I, I, I like to, I'd like to leave. I'm doing my own uh, voluntary work and service in the country. I, I've, I've served the Ministry of Defense in Singapore um, for a number of years. And until now, I'm still doing some voluntary work every now and then with uh, a couple of NGOs in here. Same in the Philippines. When I was in Sri Lanka, we did that too as well. Yeah, so, you know, being a migrant, can, I would say it could be the right and privilege at the same time of, of, of people around the world. If you think this is something that you really want to go for, go for it, right? But never have the attitude of like I'm a special force. I'm I'm heaven sent. You know, it's it's because of me. That's why this country is being better. Because I I hear these kinds of like opinions and attitudes of people, special and and therefore they alienate themselves. They make themselves special. Number one, kami, you know, kami mga pinakatalented. You know, That attitude has to be eradicated. What would you want to share with anyone who would like to say Singapore is a place for them to consider to migrate, either for work or for personal reasons? Well, um, Singapore right now has got a lot of like uh, tightening of rules in, in, in terms of foreign talent, number one. Uh, first and foremost, you have to be ready. Okay, you have to be ready. If you come here, I will not, to, to be honest, I will not encourage people to come here to uh, what do you call that? Risk it. So I, I've heard a lot of stories where people risk it. You know, like uh, what they do is uh, they, uh, you know, they just jump on a plane, you know, get get a trip here and then start uh, living with their friends, whatnot, uh, or, or acquaintances even. People, they don't, they don't even know somehow too much. I would not advise that. Why? Because it's financially taxing. It's emotionally taxing. And when you're financially dry, what's going to happen? You're going to be a burden to the people you're trying to stay with. So I would not advise that. And because everything is happening online right now, try, try the online thing, you know, like uh, LinkedIn, JobStreet, JobsDB. And if something happens to you to, on this and they really need you, they will get in touch with you. I've known a lot of friends, so personal friends of mine who got their jobs through online, you know, um, Mm-hmm. A number, a number, a number of them are people I know personally who I referred to a job, and uh, they just went for it, and they got interviewed via Skype or via Microsoft Teams. That's the direction of the, um, you know, the industry right now, the job industry. So that's one I, one thing I would like to do, uh, mm-hmm. to say to people who would like to make it based in here. You know, Singapore is a is, is a good place to be based, very safe um, country is. Uh, um, you know, very disciplined in many ways. Do, does it have problems like most countries uh, in, the, in the developed nations? I would say yes. Um, do they have social problems and this, is there pro- pro- uh, poverty problems? They also have poverty problems right here, uh, which is not very much exposed in many ways, but there are, you know. But I would say, uh, you know, this is a country where you see your taxes are working for you where you see the services working for you. I was just in the bank a while ago. Uh, you can apply for a business permit within less than uh, five minutes or so online, just like that. Mm-hmm. So the red tape has been cut so much. Uh, is it perfect? No, it's still not perfect. But it's working for you in, in many ways. The transport system in here is, I would say, world-class in many ways. And very efficient. Okay, so yeah, so we just sold our car. But life is not paralyzed because the public transport is very efficient from, from where we are. So will I say Singapore is a good place for that? Yes. Is the standard of living very high? It is. Yeah, but you really have to work in order for you to, to survive right here. There's no such thing called you could not work 
and then continue your life living like the same way you, you have been in, in your place. You have to really work hard. What would you advise people who say that they're ready to become OFWs? I would say <laughs> if you're ready to be, I, I could not say you can be, you can say that you're ready to be OFWs until you try it, then you will know it. It took me six months to adjust to about a year uh, to be a, a overseas worker. Six months. And I actually, in the first six months, what I did was I asked my boss to, to, to allow me to go home because I had some unsettled uh, business matters. I just really wanted to, because I wasn't really ready when I, when I, went, when I went to work overseas. So I told him, give me, a, give me just a week. I'll, call, I'll go home and I'll come back. So I went home. That was uh, when I was still 23. I settled things down, and then I came back. And then I said, I'm ready already. I faced it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I could not prescribe whether you, you can say you are ready to be an OFW. Until you're there, then you will know you're ready for it. Um, I know that a lot of people, whether you're ready or not, will go for this because you want to sacrifice yourself to be able to provide for your family, especially if, if you're in the middle class to the lower middle class or lower income family groups. You will, will do everything and anything just to make sure you provide for your family. So ready or not, you will do it anyway. Maraming salamat, Mario, for um, joining us for today's episode. Thank you very much for the insights that you shared. Thanks, Echo. Yeah, maraming salamat. And please stay safe during these times, okay? You too, bro. Take care. All right. All take right. care, man. Thanks. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Maraming salamat sa ating guest, Mr. Mario Laharca Jr. We hope you will continue to inspire the next generation of movers and shakers. Pago butay magtapos, let me share with you a quote from leadership guru Dr. Tony Baize. Contentment and inner peace is a vibrational alignment with the universe and the ultimate key to unlock our conscious. Muli po ito si Tata Ekon nagsasabing, Remember, you can't change the day, but you can change your attitude towards it, so be someone's reason to smile today. This is Today with Tata Ekon.